You're listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast, a conversation on where we are and where we're going in the world of amateur radio. Your hosts are Dan, KB6NU, and Tom, KB5RF, and we are here today with Ria Jaram, N2RJ, and of course, Dan, KB6NU, and me, Tom, KB5RF. Ria, our special guest, is one of four hams who were recently elected to the ARRL Board of Directors. She represents the Hudson Division. And Rhea is a life member of the ARRL and is an active DXer and contester. In fact, that's how I got to know her is on contests. She's been a ham for 20 years now. And she says on her QRZ.com page, it's been quite a ride. Dan, what do you want to ask her first? <laughs> so how are you, Rhea? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm warming up. Um, you know, I like that it's, um, that it's not minus. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I should have said Director Ria. How are you, Director Ria? I'm just fine and dandy. <laughs> you know, the biggest thing for me is that, um, so now I drive on almost 100% electric, and um, the, the, the range really, you really lose a lot of range in the cold. So now I was glad for a little reprieve. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because the heat's all electric. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, how does it feel to be an AWRL director? You know what? Um, with great power comes great responsibility, and I really, really feel that now I'm in a position to make a difference. And I really also think that um, it's great. I mean, you know, but at the same time, I started off being a little intimidated. I mean, you know, literally heading into the boardroom, it was like, "What am I going to encounter here?" But you know, I've had I've had a lot of great things so you know it feels good it feels really good well that's good and and um uh i'm, I'm guessing the uh, other new directors are feeling the same way or similar did you get did you get much of a chance to talk with them oh yeah we talked a lot well um actually not really i mean you know for example you have um you have uh bud and bud was a vice director so bud's exactly not not really new as W2RU. He's a Roanoke division. So he, he was a vice director way back when. And um, Fred Hopengarden's an attorney. So Fred, you know, Fred's accustomed talking to people and, you know, that kind of stuff, I guess, um, testifying in front of zoning boards and probably going to court and stuff like that. So, you know, he's not really intimidated. I mean, I, I, I talk in front of people all the time. I give talks. So it's not really that big of a deal. But I was a little apprehensive in terms of what I would encounter in terms of the environment and, you know, what sort of, um, I want to say, uh, use the word resistance, but, you know, what sort of atmosphere we'd have. Uh -huh. And um, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised. Everybody seemed pretty, you know, ready to get down to work and get things done. Oh, well, that's good. That's, re that's really good. Because, you know, you, you never, you kind of never know how, that's going to turn out, especially with right. the way the election was sort of framed. Yeah, it was reform versus, you know, framed as reform versus old guard. But I think basically a lot of people realize that, you know what, we need to we need to inject some new ideas and get things going. So I'm, I'm really glad we did this. I'm really glad that four of us won. Well, that's good. That's that's really good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. So so. You know, the only 
peak we get into the ARRL board meetings are the minutes from the meetings. Are those are those board meetings as formal as the minutes sort of seem? Well, yeah. So um, it's yes and no. I mean, you have a lot of these motions that are prepared in advance and they they get discussed and the discussion part you really wouldn't see because you know that's the directors and the vice presidents basically talking discussing among themselves but for the most part that's basically just people having opinions about things and really describing their take on on things which is how you arrive at consensus right and um you know it's it's it is formal yeah you 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 generally what the advice of Frank Fallon, who has been a major help to me, Frank Fallon, N2FF, who is the who is one of the former Hudson Division directors, he told me the best advice I can give you is don't just go in with a motion and expect for it to get voted up. What you do is you caucus and you try to build support and you talk to your other directors beforehand and you try to get them to, you know, get on board with your ideas. And this is what you do a lot of. And you do so both informally in, you know, you make phone calls to directors and you talk to them or you exchange emails or in the committee meetings. Like, for example, you have the two main committees, administration and finance, and also the programs and services. Um, there's also the executive committee and there are a few others, but um, basically um, PNSC and ANF are two of the big committees. And um, then you... You know, there's stuff coming out of those committees that then gets proposed to the full board as a motion, and then we get to debate on it, and then we get to vote on it. But generally, if something makes it to the floor, unless it's a really bad idea, you know, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna get passed, to be honest, right? Because you know, you know that you built consensus, so you know, it's not that you're going in there blind. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that would, I suppose, a little bit like Congress, right? A lot of the work really gets done in the committee. Right, exactly. And, you, and, you know, you want to you want to not waste effort. You not want to not expend effort. You want to basically do it as efficiently as possible. Okay, well, that's that's interesting, too. Yeah. So some, some of these things that um, were in this, this um, uh, meeting's minutes... I, I I was I don't know I want to say surprised, but uh, they they're kind of remarkable. One of them it seems to me is this uh, this website thing, this uh, lifelong learning project. Maybe right. you can talk a little bit about that. So yeah, so um, um it it might have come as a surprise to a lot of people, but actually Howard Mickle, the new CEO, has been talking about it quite a lot. He gave a whole presentation on it at Ham Radio University, although he didn't really refer to it as a Mints and Hope presentation, but a lot of elements are from this company, Mints and Hope, which basically is a, um, a branding firm, as I like to call them. And what, what it is, is the lifelong learning is just one part of it. There are actually three main parts. There's the association management, which manages the, um, the actual membership functions and, and stuff like that. And then you have the content management system, which manages the website. And then you have a learning management system, which will manage the lifelong learning portion. And those three come together, and those will actually represent a whole new refresh of um, building membership at the league. 
And that's basically what this whole thing was. So initially I had the same apprehension. I said, why are we spending, you know, $485,000 on this? And then when I looked at the presentation, I looked how well it was integrated. I asked all my techie questions, like, for example, what they were using and what they were using, whether they were going to be using software as a service or on premises. And I got all my questions answered. And I had confidence in this, that, that it would be something successful with the condition that we get to observe it and, you know, and set milestones and see how it progresses along. So, you know, um, I don't know if you talked, if you, you saw the article, The Spectrum of Hams, Dan. Uh, did, did you see that one? In, in what UST, now? The Spectrum of Hams. Uh, no, I don't think I've read that yet. So what what it, issue is that in? It might have been in February or January QST. Yeah. Where, I think it's in February, where Howard talked about the different types of hams and how we're going to bring them back into the league. You know, he talked about the... Um, oh, I, I've, seen, I've seen his presentation. At I, saw, I saw that article. That was very, yeah. very, very refreshing. Right. So all of that centers around that. And it's really an idea to grow membership, which I know has been one of your pet peeves and one of mine, too. And not only grow membership, but retain membership. Yeah. And, you know, there's the old saying, how many become hams, how many join and how many remain? You know, the right. idea is to basically keep more renewing and remaining. So that's and, the whole thing. And it, from that, at that uh, ham radio university talk, he gave actually some numbers, which, which I tell you the truth, were even a little worse than I thought. Oh, yeah, it was it was really bad to be honest. And um, I'm really glad to, to see this being addressed, you know, and I'm really, I'm really hopeful that it'll bring results. But like I said, it's not without, um, you know, a careful eye and the board and, and we need to, to basically keep a watch on things to make sure that the league is not wasting its time and money and, and it's not, um, you know, just basically throwing away, throwing, throwing away an opportunity. Sure, sure. Well, well, it's good that that um, you've told me this because I didn't, I didn't get that at all from the minutes. Yeah, you know, it's kind of sparse. I wish it was a little more, you know, detailed, and I wish they would actually give the presentation because their presentation give, given to the board and to staff, and I don't know what level of confidentiality they have against that, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, really, yeah. Um, send it out. But you know, I wish they would they would at least give members like a high level view. But the 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 Ham Radio University presentation pretty much gives meat and potatoes of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. And and so I'll I'll just encourage our listeners here to uh, look that up. They can go to my website and look for a um, uh, link to Howard's talk at Ham Radio University and and see what's uh, what's up with that. Yeah, I even have it on the Hudson Division Facebook page. So, um, ah, well, there you go too. So we, you got two two different um, uh, venues yeah. then to get it. Let me talk about a few other things. Um, okay, go so right ahead. As far as my impressions of the board meeting, um, you know, the actual formalities and and, and stuff aside, I think really that um, you know there, you know, I had good good relations with everybody. Right when we got in there. Um, we had, there's, I had orientation at headquarters. I got to meet all the staff and we had the committee meetings the next day. And then we had, um, a board dinner and we basically had, um, 
you know, we got to meet everybody. I met up with um, Rick and Holly Roderick and, you know, we talked about, and uh, we talked about a lot of things and really, you know, it was, it was basically, a, to me, it was like a large gathering of hams. It, it kind of felt a little bit like contest dinner, to be honest, yeah. you know, and um, it kind of really felt that, you know, we were there to do something good. Of course, there was disagreement, but, you know, we don't, um, you know, we come out with United Front in the end. Um, we did have at the meeting, we did have a corporate council present excuse me, to talk about some corporate matters and stuff, too. We did, um, you know, some of the, the other stuff we did was fairly boilerplate. We had a lot of election, you know, campaign. I don't like I don't like to call them promises, but things platform. Right. Yeah. Things like the code of conduct and um the you know the situation with council and all that stuff so we kind of straightened a lot of that out we did not reverse the censure of dick norton in this one because you know i don't know i mean you know i'm not gonna really talk about that too much but it it wasn't done in case anybody was interested i um i had a good chat with staff and there's there's a lot of moving around and shaking around and shaking up of things going up on at the league some of it is driven by the board some of it is driven by howard and some of it is just, you know, things that organically are naturally falling into place. So you're going to see a lot of stuff going on. And um, I'm really hopeful. I mean, you know, I really think that in the end, you know, no matter what happens, we're, we're going to have a, 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 good, um, a good product to present to membership. Well, that's and, good. And, and the proof will be in the pudding, right? The proof will be to see if we can actually increase membership uh, a little bit anyway. Right. And then, you know, the other thing is that we're coming, we're coming into this with big expectations. And I'm hopefully hoping that we fulfill these because, you know, I didn't waste like a year campaigning and running for board just to go and do the same old thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And and uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this year's election too, and to see what uh, you know, yeah, who, who steps forward. Yeah, there are there are this election, this year's election. I think um, another five are up, and um, you'll see what happens. Um, I think Southwestern's up too, and um, you know, Dick says he doesn't campaign, so we'll see. Well, people say. <laughs> I think Marty said Dick doesn't campaign. <laughs> well, you know, it, it all depends if somebody uh, uh, challenges them or not, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, um, there's been talk and rumors and stuff, you know. So I don't believe it until I see it. But you know what? I I tell people. I said, if you want to challenge me, go right ahead. I will stand on my record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Let Let's take a step back and talk about that. Um, the AWRL uh, reorganization business a little bit more. A again, yeah. Howard addressed this in his Ham Radio University uh, talk, and um, it sounded pretty good to me. Yeah, what I think he's looking to do, you know, he came in as CEO, and this was like basically something entirely new to him. He's been talking, so we had a meeting at Ham Radio University, actually. We sat for a good hour and a half chatting. Um, he wanted to talk to me, specifically, um, for what reason, I don't know, but he, um, oh, you're a director now. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't do that with any of the other directors, probably. But <laughs> I guess well, I was yeah. close by. <laughs> but what he told me was, um, he told me that you know he wants to 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 basically look holistically and and see if he can make 
you know, changes that are good. And basically he did talk in his talk about reorganization of some of the departments in ARL. And he's talking about bringing on a product management team, which um, if executed properly is a good thing. And, and that's conditional because if it's not executed properly, then it's a waste of time and money. So well, that's, that's true of anything, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's generally good to have a product and strategy team, you know, instead of just winging it, you want to be able to set a measurable objective and design a whole product. And then you basically flesh out how you implement it. In my professional career, that's how we've basically done things because, you know, I've done, I worked at a large, um, uh, media organization, we basically design websites from scratch. You know, we come, a show producer would come up to us and say, hey, you know, we have a new show launching in six months or two weeks or five days. <laughs> we need to to, um, to build a website for it. And then we basically go to work, the project product managers design and the project managers and um, drive the implementation. And then, you know, we procure whatever we need to procure and we build it out. So, so may, you know, maybe you can get them to actually set a membership goal like I've been pushing for years now. You know, he's open to that. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say he's open to that, but um, he might be, he's open to ideas. And I vaguely remember him basically, you know, in, in his numbers talking, some of that really sounded like he was setting goals. Yeah. But I don't think it's really realistic to commit to a number yet, but I think that'll be a good thing to do. Once we get things stabilized and we see how the the platform is going, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, when, yeah. when I talked to him here on this podcast, I I said, look, I'm not going to try and hold you to you know any yeah. specific things at this point, but at some at some point down the road, I mean, you, you kind of got to do it, right? I mean, otherwise, you you don't, you, it doesn't give you the focus you need. Well, yeah, and you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And I think he's really been watching what I've been saying during my campaign because I heard a lot of the same things I've been saying. You know, fewer than one in five amateurs will be members of ARL. What's going to happen then? Is the FCC going to take us seriously? You know, he said right. basically the same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, right. Right. wow, okay, maybe he's listening or maybe we just think the same. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's good. Yep. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and um, you know, other things I could tell you, um, you know, we 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 had there's a lot of reading of committee reports. There's the EMC committee report, which was very well written. I mean, um, the central central division director, um, he's he's a very technical person. That's Kermit, right? And he actually is the chair of the EMC committee, and that basically was a very well written report. They're talking about. Um, uh, electric vehicles charging and what what the industry is talking about. BMW already has systems in Europe where in, instead of plugging in a cable in your car at night, you just drive into your garage on top of a pad and it'll charge your car wirelessly, inductively. Yeah. Qualcomm has a system called Halo, which they do. Eventually what they want to do is they want to embed some roads and you just drive along and you charge at the same time. Now that sounds really geeky, but you know, what happens with the RF, you know, right. the energy has to go somewhere. So, you know, there's been a lot of um, evaluation of that at the FCC and, and the league has naturally uh, been part of this conversation. One of the questions I asked is um, 
you know, have we leveraged our connections at the Society of Automotive Engineers, the SAE? Because, you know, if we have connections there, they set standards and such. Yep. We could get in on the ground level and we can ensure that we're protected. Yep. Because this technology is going places. It's it's inevitable, right? Um, you know, I mean, although some companies, like, for example, Tesla is, is I don't think Tesla is doing wireless. Tesla is doing, they're planning on robotic charging, like where, you know, an, a robotic arm will, will insert the charger into the car's charge port, conductive. Whereas, like, BMW and I think Volkswagen and a few others are actually thinking of wireless charging. So, so it's it's coming. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of um, we want to be there to ensure that we don't, that, you know, we, we don't suddenly have a problem and we look to, to fix it reactively. We, we want to be proactive. Yep. Yeah. No, and that, and that's what I've been saying too. We ought to, we ought to be um, reaching out to these, these groups and, and playing a part in these kind of discussions. Right. And, you know, the, um, the ARL lab too has been really good. I met with Ed Hare and, and Zach and Zach, Zach has been good. Zach has been copying me on all the communications with my divisions members um, for TIS. And I really appreciate that. I get, I get a good insight into what's going on at the lab. Yeah. I, my own personal opinion, I've, I've heard Ed Hare speak several times. Um, my own opinion that is that the ARRL lab is one of the really good things that we do. And, and like you say about committee, uh, meeting minutes it, it it would really be good if somehow those could get publicized a little bit because they are doing some good work and and rather than sort of hiding their light under a bushel barrel say hey look this is stuff we're doing you know yeah. people say people say what do i get for my 50 bucks well you know yeah. it's the work of the emc committee that's what you get for your part of what your 50 bucks does true i don't i don't think they necessarily um I don't think they necessarily have minutes. What they do is they have committee reports. Right? Yeah. And um, those, I believe, are in under the board, um, the committee reports. There's a committee report section on the website. You can actually view. What I'd like to see, what I'd really like to see, hopefully with this new website, because to me it looks like it's buried. It's like almost like the league, you know, wants that out of the way, doesn't want people come seeing the board's business firsthand. Yeah. Um, what I want to see is these, you know, these league business more accessible, at least more prominently featured to members. Yeah. Because right yeah. now you have to go in there about AWRL and you have to dig like three layers deep, you know, to get board meeting minutes and such. Well, well yeah. So, so for example, you know, yeah. I'm on a mailing list, so I get the meeting minutes in my my email. Right. But there's but there should be links inside that document to the committee meeting. Uh, reports, uh, committee reports that are online. Yeah. Okay. So on the website, if you look under, um, if you just Google actually AWRL committee reports, or you go to awrl.org forward slash committee dash reports, you can actually see there, there are actually um, minutes, well, not minutes, but reports of the committee, various committees. And you'll see all of these there in plain view. But like I said, it's basically, you know, hidden from the front page. If you go on the front page, you're basically hunting around for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So there, yeah, it's, it's all right there. I'm, I just called it up myself. 
Yeah, I mean, and the fact that you weren't aware of this, you know, being the 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 savvy person that you are in terms of you know lead governance, it it says a lot that um, you know that th this thing is basically buried. Well, I think I, I think I, I think at one point I did yeah. find these things, but like I say, you know, you, you if you don't you don't read them every time, right? You maybe every time the board meets, yeah. and then you forget about it. And if but if there were a link right in the minutes, then you could more easily access them. Well, this is interesting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, actually go look at some of these and then blog about some of them because, uh, yeah. like I say, I think they deserve a little more, more publicity. They, they, you know, the Public Relations Committee, I think, does a pretty good job of things. And uh, yeah. I recently had uh, some dealing with the uh, Historical Committee over uh, when the uh, QST logo was first you uh, or the, the ARRL logo, the the antenna coil and ground symbol was first used. So, you know, we got, we got committees doing good things. Yeah. And you know, a lot of these committees, um, you know, these ad hoc committees, they have vice directors on them. And, you know, you, you really, the, and the vice directors sit at the back row and for the most part of the meeting, they're silent, but they actually do a lot of work in the, in the, um, in the committees in these smaller committees, right? You know, you have major committees, which are P executive PNSC, E and E ethics and elections that is right, and then you have A and F administration and finance, and you have smaller committees that do a little other things that are important, but they're not. And the vice directors really do a lot of good work in there too. And I'll tell you something, um, you know, once you're in there, you get a good you get a good little um, you know a, a good view of things. I just got an email from Rick Roderick asking me if I'll join another committee. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you get busy. So, some of the other stuff we did. Um, I don't know if you want to to chat about that or. Well, is there is there anything else very very pressing? Uh, we, we're kind of running out of time a little bit. Uh, you know, we don't want to keep yeah. you too long. Sure. So, is there, if there's if there's another topic that's real hot, then we can talk about it. If not, then Tom's got a final question. Yeah, I got a final question for you. Yeah. All right. So, um, you did mention the um the uh, not Southwestern, the West Gulf director, right? He resigned. Um, he retired during the meeting. He's just yeah. been there a long time, but um, you know he wanted to see through a lot of these reforms, so he basically just stayed on there. And then once that was done, he passed the torch over to his vice director. I mean, it's it's probably a little controversial in terms of um, how you know you, 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 people have the benefit of incumbency when they get elected. But I'll say this: it didn't help. It didn't help Joyce Birmingham. It um, it might have helped Michael Senko, but it, it, in the end, I still won. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, there are others. It didn't help Bonnie Altus, who was a vice director, right. who actually, you know, the, the yeah, but director. yeah, but she was she wasn't elevated to director though. Oh, she you see wasn't what I'm, in you see name, what I'm saying? That, that's yeah, that's but, sort of the little difference there. Right, but what she what happened was the director went around basically, um, you know, introducing her as as a successor, so to right. speak. Right. Right. You know? But but she never she never got a a chance to be director and sure. sort of be out in the public as director. So she didn't get the benefit of incumbency as some of these other folks would. Point taken. And and, and I'm not, I'm not I'm not so so totally against this okay but right. but it, but it does seem like i don't know it just seems like a little 
like not a good thing to do. And you know, if 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 he would have resigned a year a year ago, so that the new person had two years, well, that's one thing. But it it almost looks like, hey, I'm I'm giving you the directorship now. Yeah, I think I think though that um, there are a lot of other little problems. I mean, in terms of um, so a lot of these seats go uncontested. Well, that's yes. Yeah. So that's another. You're right. That is another problem. Yeah. And I think that's a bigger problem than this because, in any case, you know, you'll have a visible director, vice director, turn director, but the the seat might have gone uncontested anyway. You know, right? You're, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. Right. But although, although I do agree that you know it, it should be where um, everybody should be on equal footing, and um, it's a very complex problem. I mean, you know, you can't force people to serve out the term. You can't force people to retire early. And then you you have to, are you going to have an election midstream, you know, midterm? Right, right. You know, so it might be, you know, it might be a little complex. Uh, but all these are things that, that I think we could we could probably live with for the time being until... You know, we enact some other reform. I mean, ethics in elections is 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 one of the things that um, you know we'd like to at least see a, a defined appeals process and stuff like that. And I think um, in the the board minutes there is actually some new rules for E and E, right? Which, which are a step in the right direction. So right, right. So so you know, I'm 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 all good with that. So we're yeah. we're we're like you say, we're headed in the right direction. Right. Yep. And. Um, you know, like I said, I'm always open for any time you guys want to talk and you know maybe get a better audio connection. <laughs> no, this is sounding good. This is this is really good. Yeah, uh, I, I I have one question for you. Sure. Uh, for the end, and I'm just curious, how do you keep your spirit up? I mean, what what uh, what radio projects are you excited about for yourself personally in 2019? Oh. And are you still going to contest, or are you going to be too busy? Or heck yeah, tell me Let tell me, me tell what's, uh, what's got you excited. Well, so I'm doing multi-op contesting now. Oh. I, I I do with team with um at K2 Triple T, which is um Jay Rodeman. He has a station up there by me, you know. So, um, so it's kind of interesting. My new um, CAC rep is Zev Dark and two WKS, and because he observes the Sabbath, he he can't really contest on Fridays and Saturdays. Uh-huh. So now I join the team and we decide to do multi-op. Since I don't have that um, restriction, I can do Friday and Saturday, and then he can do Saturday night into Sunday. And it works out well that way. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so you're still planning on contesting then? Oh, yeah. I do contesting. I do DXing. I do DMR. I do D-Star. I'm going to try <laughs> to get out more and do, like, soda and stuff like that, yeah. you know, because these people are having fun. There they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you know, my, one, of, one of my Elmarie's, W-A-T-A-M, he's like like one of the premier parks on the air kind of guys. So, and right. he, if you're going to uh, Hamcation, this is, this is a general plug. If you're going to Hamcation, go see Tom's talk because he's he gives a really good talk. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to Hamcation, but I'm sure your other listeners who are going to Hamcation will, <laughs> will enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be at Dayton, though. Well, it'll be fun, you know. Soda, soda, and working out of working in parks is fun. So I think you'll have a blast doing that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. 
Well, thank you for having me. And I really hope that people learn something and um, they can always, um, you know, contact me. We have a Facebook page at AWRL Hudson and we have Twitter and we have a website at hudson.awrl.org where people can see things going on. And, and um, of course, my email, n2rj at AWRL, or just look me up on the Z. Great. Dan, any final comments going out? No, just thanks very much. Thanks very much. You may, you may be the first uh, AWRL board director to ever appear on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did get the CEO, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'll true. I'll give you that. We're working our way down. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks care. again. Thanks again. We really appreciate this. I, I think right. this, will, this, is, this is just a great thing. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. You've been listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast with Dan, KB6NU, and Tom, KB5RF. For links to internet resources mentioned on the show and other notes, visit nonsenseamateurradio.com. For more information about amateur radio in general, visit Dan's blog at kb6nu.com. 73.